What's going on, Falcons fans? It's your boy, Big Low Country. Got my homeboy over here, Mad Mike. Hey, what's going on, Low? Hey, what's man. What's going on, Falcon Nation, man? Hey, bro, we trying to make it, man. You know, yes, we sir. were just sitting and talking. Said we'll do a little pop-up, mm-hmm. see if some of these Falcons fans want to come up and, you know, just chill out with us on a rainy Friday night and talk some Falcons football, man. Hey man, I don't think it's <laughs> hey I don't think it's it's a bad way to start a Friday, especially a rainy Friday, uh, Friday what evening, afternoon, night now. Hey, ain't nothing else to do. Ain't nothing else to do, man. Can't watch these Braves whip up on nobody tonight, mm-hmm. so we might as well sit and mm-hmm. talk about mm-hmm. how we're gonna get this dub against the Panthers, man. Hey, Miss Donna, how you doing? Miss Donna's a one, boy. Ms. Hey, that's hey, my buddy, Miss Donna. That's my buddy, man. Yes, sir, man. <laughs> Miss Asia, how you doing? What's up, Asia? How you good? How you ladies doing? What's up, Asia? Hey, man, we, we glad hey. that y'all could chill out with us tonight. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, man. Um, <laughs> I like to kind of uh, address something. Big low. Um, just real fast, real quick. Um, I know a lot of people not like. Uh, I dropped a video earlier uh, this morning, and it didn't go all. It didn't go all that well. So oh, I would like. Yeah, I'm talking about a certain. I'm talking about a certain player. Talking about a certain player. No, it won't be a rant. It won't be a rant. I, I, I did. I had the rant already. So I want. I want to apologize to, um, take the time out to apologize to absolutely nobody. All right, <laughs> nobody. I'm not apologizing for anything, man. I'm not apologizing for anything. <laughs> hey, man. I had to give. I had to get that tribute to my boy. Uh, man, your boy, man, the brave little thing right now, man. I had, I had to do. <laughs> Y'all thought I was just throwing a, a rent out there for no reason. I'm, I, I always got something up my sleeve, bro. I always got something up my sleeve. You got to do it. You got to do it, man. <laughs> got to do it, man. Right. One ninety nine. One ninety nine. <laughs> hey man, y'all fell for it. Y'all fell for it, man. Y'all look, you shouldn't know me well enough, man. I look, I just like to have fun, man. I still don't like LeBron, but I just like to have fun, man. It ain't no it ain't no malice, man. You can't like everybody. I mean, you can't like everybody. Everybody can't be friends. Come on, man. Man, hey man. My, my boy Mad Mike said he's sorry for even apologizing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you, hey, man, you know how it is. <laughs> Mad Mike don't apologize, bro. <laughs> hey, man, that's what makes you you, bro. That's what makes you you. Apologize for LeBron? Man, please. Y'all don't know me too well. <laughs> hey man, I get into these questions, man. Miss <laughs> Donna said, "Apologize to our to our worn out defense." 
Oh man, Miss Donna, oh, you 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 man. on fire already? We just started off. <laughs> oh man, we already have fun, huh? <laughs> hey man, <laughs> hey man, we just having fun, man. Oh, uh, that's that's. Hey, this is what is this is what AFN is all about, man. Oh hey, man. man, you got to smile to keep from crying, man. And you got to, especially the way this defense has been playing. Oh my goodness! Oh, what? you know man. what? I don't see the comment. I don't see it in here, but let's let's talk about this first. It's not a comment. Uh, no, I don't see anyone who's. Yeah, they haven't said anything. But man, have you had a chance to hear what Dirk Cutter said today? Have you had a chance to hear what this dude said? What did you say, Mike? Bro. My gosh. Falcons fans, let me know if you heard what Dirk Cutter said. All right? Leave your comments below. Did, did you guys hear what Dirk Cutter said? Like, seriously, this guy had the absolute mitigated gall to try to insult our intelligence. This dude literally got, after being questioned about why Hayden Hurst doesn't have enough targets, his response is that the defense, the coverage dictates whether or not a person can get the dang ball. And you being a coach, you being a coach, what do you feel about that? Like, like, think about that. Like, seriously, do you really believe that what he said? You are you are a coach. Am I wrong? Like, that, this is this dude literally said that the coverage dictate who we throw the ball to. Do you believe that? That you can't get this guy targeted because the, the, the coverage. Says so. That sounds like somebody needs to diversify their playbook. That's what that sounds like. I guess oh. Dirk Cutter doesn't believe in applying pressure. I guess he just believes in taking pressure because, you know, if you're such an aggressive coach, you know, you can't, in situations like that, you can't coach on your heels. Yes. Because, I mean, you know, if you got Julio out, if you got Matt Ryan out, I mean, I'm sorry, and, and Calvin Ridley out, it's like you make plays for your playmakers. So it's mm-hmm. like, why? You know what I'm, I mean? I understand that you trust the other guys as well. I mean, look, Alameda, he balled out. but Yes, he did. At the end of the day, it's like you still got to draw up plays for your playmakers. You got a guy that's six, what, six, five, 200 and – you know what? 40, 50, 50, 40 like, pounds. Like, like, come on! You trying it's to tell dude. me this dude? You can't get, you can't draw a place to get him open, get to get him the ball. We're what, talking what? about the guy. Dirk Cutter is the absolute screen king, and you trying to tell me that you can't get this man the ball in a screen? He threw it, bro. He's more athletic than Austin Hooper, and you trying to tell me with a straight face that you cannot get Austin? Like you can't get. Hayden Hurst the ball, bro? Like, are you serious? Do you expect That's us crazy. to really believe that? That's crazy. This dude runs a 4 4 40. 
and you tell me that you can't get this guy open? Yeah, that's that's bro. That's this is it. This is not. This is not. A, this is all truth, Falcons fans. Miss oh, Donna, absolutely. Oh. This is true. The, the king. This is true. He. Her, if you guys can go, um, it, it's on Twitter. Um, I'm not sure if it's on Atlanta Falcons, um, their channel, uh, the interview with him, but this dude literally said with a straight face that the coverage dictates whether or not he can get the ball. Now, we're talking about a guy. Uh, this this is what makes it even just incredibly stupid. You can tell, you can give Julio Jones the ball. This guy has tripled double and sometimes even quadruple team and you still find a way to get him the ball but you can't get Hayden Hurst you can't get Hayden Hurst the ball bro how you like bro how you are you really you really think we're supposed to believe that mess hey hey you see what one Carter put up he said the, the, the offense is too vanilla man that, it's too it. vanilla that's it that's it I, I don't like it's the, the, worst thing, the worst thing about the defense, the uh, the offense for me, is that he's just out there throwing. I mean, it's it's nothing. He's not trying to set up plays, and 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 the NFL, you can't just go out there and call plays. Like you can't just go. No. You have to set up plays, and this is why I always gave Kyle Shanahan his credit as an offense yeah. as a play caller. You know yes. what I'm saying? Yes. I'm not saying he's greatest. I'm not saying he's he he sucks. But he knows how to set up plays. Dirt Cutter does not. You've been coaching for over 30 years and you still don't know how to set up the running game. You just out there throwing. Like the, the Falcons are just out there. Like we're just going to run all up the middle every single play. Like, how you you're supposed to set up the run? You have to set up the run as a coach and you know that, bro. Man, it's like. And you completely right, Mike. That is what Kyle Shanahan did. It's like he, it's like he, he would call plays. You, you'll be thinking, man, why did, why did he call that play? Mm-hmm. And then two series later, they say, you know, you got a tight end sneaking out from the backside, mm-hmm. running up the side of the, running mm-hmm. up the sidelines because Kyle Shanahan set it up. And Dirk Cutter, he's calling plays like he's playing Madden or something, man. Yeah, like bro, <laughs> you can't just come out here and just call anything you want to because you think you small. And everyone, and that's that's what we're seeing. This is what I'm finding. It, it, it's sad, but it's true. This is what's wrong with the Falcons. They think they are smarter than everyone else. It's simple. It's plain and simple. When a guy says something like that, that coverage dictates whether or not you call how you call plays. Like how, for one, as a coach, as a as as not just a player, but a guy who just wants to compete, a competitor. Like, how are you letting the coverage dictate what you want to do on offense? As a player, I would never allow someone to dictate what I'm going to do on offense. You're supposed to be aggressive. Exactly. exactly. You're supposed to be looking for you supposed to be looking for weaknesses on the other side, and that's what you attack. You know. Attack. But but I don't know I don't know if and it's kind of like what I go back and say all the time I I feel like they trust Matt Ryan too much that's yeah. what I feel like yeah I feel like you know they I mean it's one of those situations where there's it's like the reason we blew those leads and we just took eleven seconds off the clock because they were like well look we're gonna drop back and pass it and, and stay aggressive 
we know Matt's going to make the right decision. Matt's like Matt's not always going to make. Like he's not always going to have time. I mean, because you did, you did say that. You did say that. I mean, because sometimes they just. I feel like they just trust them too much. It's like you still, you still have to have great play calling. You still have to mm-hmm. have plays set up for you. It's like Patrick Mahomes. He's a he's a great quarterback. But you know what makes him even better? Those plays that's being called for. Yeah. Yep. You know, and that's it. That's that's truly it, man. Um, and honestly, I wasn't a big fan when they when they brought him back. I thought it was a bad deal. Um, but me trying to be, you know, the guy that just 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 try to understand why they did it. I understand why they did it when you go back and look at, um, you know, having Steve Sarkeesian. He pretty much a failure and you bring back a guy with familiarity you didn't want to bring in another um of course you know uh denver kind of blocked the falcons for bringing in uh gary kubiak so i I understand that they was you know scrambling for you know a, a a coach but at the same time it's like um this is something that a lot of people don't want to talk about and yeah. they let a they let a pretty good offensive coach walk they didn't even offer him a job they didn't even, yeah. even interview him for the offensive job and who was that guy Lo? your boy that's 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 bad that's and so to show how talented that this guy is and i know that it might not have been all on him but mm-hmm. do y'all realize that there were times when the green bay packers had three and four running backs on the field on monday um, night yes <laughs> that, that right there tells you that's that tells you a lot. That's just imagination using being creative with what you have. That's this is all this is what the NFL has become. Just being creative. Play like using the talent that you have. That's what this, that's what the West Coast offense is all about. It's not all about you know having the best players, using the yep. talent that you have to the best of their ability. Maximizing their talent, not you as a coach. Maximizing their coach, uh, maximizing their ability. This is what Bill Walsh, when he came up with that idea, it kind of made it his own. But this is what he imagined: using yeah. the talent to their um, the, the maximize their talent. And this is something Falcons just they just don't understand this concept. No. No nah, man, I mean your boy. I mean, the floor. I, this man basically groomed Matt Ryan. Like, and Matt Ryan's most successful point of his career. Like, that's when he really took that jump. When the floor was yeah, was his position. He was a quarterback coach. He was a quarterback yeah. coach. <laughs> I mean, so it's like, I mean, that's. It seems like that would be like a like a common sense kind of a situation. I, I don't know. Whenever they let him go, man, I was mad, man. I was mad. I was mad. I, I was upset that they didn't get this guy a shot. Like, they didn't even interview him. They just let him go. Like, they did not even interview the guy. That's embarrassing. And now, it's, now you, you look at Green Bay, because I check out pro football focus all the time. It's like they got, like, the, the best offense in the league now. I mean. Mm-hmm. In a lot of a lot of situations, they're rated higher than the Chiefs, than the Seahawks, and I mean, it's, I'm sitting here like, and 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 this is the guy. 
we let this guy go, and then we got the other guy who's just calling three straight passing plays and, and burning 11 seconds off the clock. Wow. Yeah, that that's – that's it, it's – for me, I think you are absolutely right when you said that. It's, it's, this is one of the, the biggest issues when it comes down to having a quarterback as good as he is, is that Matt Ryan can get us out of most bad situations, but you still have to account for those around him who aren't as great as Matt Ryan. They may not be able to, you know, get us out of every situation. So you have to account for the fact that they are going to lack. And the way you do that is just by scheming opportunities to maximize their ability. It's, it goes all like I say. I say this all the time, man. Even on defense, it doesn't matter. Defense is is the perfect example of you go back and look at um, that 98, 99, mm-hmm. uh, 98, 99, yeah. Atlanta Falcons defense. Those guys didn't have a lot of. They didn't have a major superstar in that defense out. Side of Jesse Toga, and Jesse Toga was in, you know, the twilight. Like he was in, he was at the end of his career. He was yeah. still, a fan. but those guys just had, you know, just hardworking, fundamentally sound players. Those guys were not superstars, and they had one of the best defenses in the league that year. So you don't oh, need, yeah. you don't, you don't need a lot of talent, overly, you know, talented guys. No man, it, 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 one of the biggest one of the biggest things, especially on defense, the, one of the biggest attributes that you can have. The things that I look for whenever I'm evaluating a defensive player is I just want to see if you're gonna run into the whistle. I mean that's I mean at the end of the day, like like that's the that's the biggest thing. Like if you look at the sacks in in today's league, most of the mm-hmm. sacks yeah. come after three seconds. You know they come when the quarterback mm-hmm. back there patting the ball. You know, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and those are those hustle sacks. You know, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and another thing is that teams that know what they're supposed to do, like you don't got to be a superstar. Like, look at Ricardo Allen; like he's not the fastest guy in the world, you know, but he knows where he's supposed to be at, and they, you know, he trusts his team. That's a perfect example. That's another yeah. perfect example. Like, it's um. Let me let me say let me say this right here. Like th- this comment right here is just like let, let me let me let me just uh, and I just uh, Matt Ryan is not a Rod. I mean, what's so special about a Rod? Like Matt Ryan, when you look at their numbers and their career, Matt Ryan's is a lot better than a, a Rogers. This is not this is not false. You look at the yearly averages. We're not talking about the years that A-Rod, you know, he didn't play it first year. We're talking about when he got his when he got his chance to start. Matt Ryan, from the very beginning to now, he's been consistent. Aaron Rodgers has not been consistent. The only thing that Aaron Rodgers has on Matt Ryan is arm strength. So to say that Matt Ryan is not A-Rod, um, I would agree, but for a different reason. Matt Ryan is actually better. He's more consistent. This is what you want out of quarterback. You want consistency. That's it. And to be able 
will come back when you need him. And when you need Matt Ryan, he has done it a lot more than Aaron Rodgers. So to say that he isn't on Aaron Rodgers' level as far as arm talent, of course he doesn't have the biggest arm. But Aaron Rodgers has been, he's been inaccurate a lot of times. He's held on to that ball too long and took sacks and got injured. That's not something Matt Ryan does. So it's a lot of things that Matt Ryan does more. Do you want to speak on that? Man, you I mean, I, you actually hit on the point that I was just getting ready to make. Like one of the, one of the biggest attributes that anybody can have is availability. And so when everybody says that Aaron Rodgers is physically superior to Matt Ryan, I mean, look, Aaron Rodgers, it's almost like clockwork. He almost he gets hurt almost every year. <laughs> every year. <laughs> you know. He almost killed himself during our game. Almost during our game, exactly. He had he had an old man moment during our game. Yeah. But it's like whenever you look outside and the leaves start falling, you'd be like, uh-oh, it's about time for Aaron Rodgers to get hurt. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're right though. <laughs> and, and that's and see, that's the thing. It's like people misinterpret what you know arm talent and arm strength is. I always say that when you look at a lot of quarterbacks, um, yeah, if you want to talk about arm talent, that's that's a that's a that's something that I can't debate. I, I can't debate that. Um on the same thing, you know. Aaron Rodgers is probably one of the most physically. I, I think he's second, no, third to Dan Marino. I think Dan Marino was obviously the greatest arm talented quarterback in the history of the game. He just doesn't get respect because ultimately he's, you know, he and Matt Ryan right now are on par for the same type of career. Um, Brett Favre, yeah. when you look at Brett Favre and his arm talent, Brett Favre, this dude could just. This dude can throw a hundred. Uh, this this dude can just do crazy stuff like with his arm, and I think Aaron Rodgers ranks behind those guys um, as far as arm talent is concerned. But when you look at his accuracy, availability, like if I'm, if I'm building a team, if I'm building a championship team, this is just a championship team. I have a a defense that is average. Can at least be ranked above 20 and i want to have a five year to 10 year reign who are you taking i'm just me i'm taking matt ryan because i know he's going to be available i don't know when aaron Rodgers is going to do something stupid he's going to run into a sack he's going to stub his toes he's going to do something dumb so if i well, want consistency i'm i'm taking matt ryan that's just yeah. me and I, I, I think I might agree with you. And I, and I think another reason, because uh, that's a good question, Mike, I think another reason why I might take Matt Ryan over Aaron Rodgers is because just just the type of guy that both guys are. Like, you know, Matt Ryan, like we've never heard of Matt Ryan having issues in the locker room. Mm-hmm. You know, Absolutely. I mean, but we've heard multiple times that Aaron Rodgers has, you know, gotten to it with teammates or – doesn't like coaches or, you know, getting fired, I mean, getting yeah. coaches fired. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's That's just all leader. kinds of different situations. So, I mean, so, I mean, as a leader of my team, I, I believe I, I would definitely take Matt Ryan over Aaron Rodgers. And look, y'all, I know Mike, look, Mike, he's a, he's a diehard football fan. 
So it's one of those situations where it's not that we're homers. We're just saying mm-hmm. just building a team and what we want in a quarterback. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, so I'm, I mean, yeah, I I, I agree with you because I think the most important thing is actually being on the field and, and not wearing a hoodie during the game. I want players that wear <laughs> players oh, that it. wear shoulder pads and not hoodies. That's what I want. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and, and see, that's 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 where I. When I rank quarterbacks, I got to say who played consistently the longest. And when you talk about consistency, this is why Matt Ryan had ranks in the three major categories um, for quarterback, yards, touchdowns, and comeback wins for the most part. He's top 10 in each one of them. Why is that availability? Exactly. Talking about a that's that's you gotta it. Gotta be there. You We're gotta be there to win the game. There, wait, wait, wait a minute, Mike. Wait a minute, because I think I might have to get you to go into Mad Mike mode. Uh-oh. I might have to get you to do this, man. <laughs> I won't need you to take care of this for me, Mike. So this person says you're crazy. Aaron Rodgers, sugar, honey, iced teas on Matt Ryan. You guys are being sloppy Homer fans, and you and you're speaking as a Falcons fan. Oh. Mm-hmm. No, I'm a, I'm a I'm a erase. I've already you didn't hear anything I said. <laughs> you didn't hear anything I hear, I said. Let let me let me let me say this, okay? I mean, erase Matt Ryan out of the equation because obviously you did not hear a damn thing we just said at all. We'll go ahead and take Matt, Matt out of the equation. We're gonna take Matt Ryan out of this situation. Let's say this guy. Let's say this. We're gonna say. I'm, I'm gonna say this, and this is. This is another guy. I, I think this is a perfect. This is even. This is my all-time favorite quarterback. We're gonna throw Matt Ryan out of this equation. I'm going to have. I'm building a team. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna have Peyton Manning. And I'm gonna have Aaron Rodgers. You tell me in their heyday, which quarterback would you rather have? A guy in Peyton Manning who always is on the field. Mm-hmm. And he suffered later in his career because he took so many hits. He stayed on the field. You can always count on Peyton Manning to be there. Okay. You can yep. always count him to be accurate, to have the strong, make the right throw, to be the leader, and to be on the freaking field. Yeah. All right, that's what you can count on for Peyton Manning. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers, on the other hand, how many times have we seen him sitting on the sideline? Of you know, either for his knee, he ran into a sack, he stubbed his toe, he 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 tried to do too much and got hit, and went out for a couple of plays. Like how many times have we seen that from Aaron Rodgers? Year after year, we're talking about year after year. This is consistently, and yes, he's always put up big numbers, great numbers, but availability. What about that two plays and doing the game in the NFC Championship? You need Aaron Rodgers on the field, but he made a bonehead decision by holding on the ball too long or getting hit or taking a sack where he should have threw the ball away. Peyton Manning doesn't make those types. Peyton Manning, when he sees a play is dead, he's going to throw the ball away. He's going to eat that sack. He's going to fall on the ground. Availability. 
That's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about quarterbacks. I can count on Peyton Manning to be on the field. Yeah. That's 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 what it's all about. It ain't about being Homer. Like like you said, I'm a student of the game first. I'm a student of the game first. Erase Matt Ryan out of the equation. We're talking about availability. You gotta be on look, you gotta be on the field. You you gotta be on the court to be able to score uh score score a basket. You gotta be on the field to even catch the ball. You gotta at least be on the field. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, so 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 I know that you said so you said Peyton Manning with your right hand. Mm-hmm. And you said you said Aaron Rodgers with your left hand. Aaron Rodgers with the left hand. So you might want <laughs> well take that left hand and just put it down because. <laughs> man, you don't know when you don't know when that man gonna get hit. Let's just be real. We have no idea when Aaron Rodgers is gonna do something dumb. I mean, you go back to the game when uh, when the Atlanta Falcons when uh, Vic B almost took his damn head off, almost took his freaking head off because he was trying to. You no know, scramble and do too much and ran it ran right into. It. I thought he was dead. I'm just gonna be honest. I thought he was dead. I thought Beasley really killed this man. And that has happened so many times with Aaron Rodgers. Yes, he's a great, great quarterback. But when yeah. the time when, when when you look at when you look at uh several games, um with the Falcons, um with the, even going against the Falcons. He was doing too much in our previous game, and he ended up messing up his knee. And the Falcons, yeah. when the Falcons, when he when it was time for him to play the Falcons, he was no good. He was injured, and that's how the Falcons took advantage of that. I think that was uh, 2016 when they uh, took advantage of it. 2017, yeah. 2016 yeah. Super Bowl, he was injured. Why? That's what I'm talking about. Availability. He was not healthy. The team wasn't healthy because of exactly. error. Exactly. That's true. That's true, man. That's true. I mean, so I know that a lot of people, a lot of people get caught up in the names, man. A lot of mm-hmm. people get caught up in Aaron Rodgers. You know, Aaron Rodgers, he's one of those guys that, you know, acts like he doesn't like the camera, but he loves the camera. Oh, and, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. He does discount <laughs> double check. And, oh, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So, I mean, you know, Matt Ryan, he scores a touchdown. He'll say a couple curse words and he'll run to the sideline. Like that's, I mean, that's what Matt Ryan does, you know. <laughs> so you know, Matt Ryan, he's not as flamboyant as Aaron Rodgers, but I mean, you know, this, this, y'all just look at the numbers. I mean, people are putting all kind of numbers in the comments. Y'all, y'all see these numbers that people are man, putting up. Sixty-five percent, like that's this, like I can go on and on. Like man, I I got so many things. I have so many Matt Ryan stats. Just like seriously, people, it's 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 laughable that you can look like there's literally nothing this guy can't do outside of throw throwing seventy, uh, uh, you know, seventy yards in the air. It's like that's the only thing that Matt Ryan can can't do as a quarterback. He can't do that. No one who who's a Matt Ryan fan can say that Matt Ryan can throw the ball seventy feet. You know, seventy yards in the air. He can't do that. That's the only thing. This man has won every award that any quarterback. He's done everything any quarterback has ever done. We're talking about ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you know, it's one of those situations where when was that? Two years ago, three years ago, whenever they gave him the new contract. Now he's like what, like the eighth, eighth lowest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so it's like 
Sounds like that. Sounds like that contract worked out for us. It sounds like it worked out to our benefit. <laughs> it looks good now because that might be getting what Dakota Prescott. That dude might be getting like forty, close to forty million dollars. Y'all trying to tell me that's Matt thirty million is too much? Thirty five? Oh, yeah. Okay. And we and we we had we had Cowboys fans on heavy hitters. They were saying, "Man, we'll take Matt Ryan all day." <laughs> Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely, man. But hey, you know. I, I got some stats and I wish I could I wish I could just um put that, but I ain't got enough time. But this is Matt Ryan's all right, this is two thousand and a down year, okay? And a down year. Just looking at these stats. I got stats like these all, all day. We're talking about in a down year, two thousand and nineteen. This is Matt Ryan's stats, his passer rating on road. A 102.3 on the road. Wow. When he's blitz, when he's blitz, a 102.8. On third downs, a lot of people, people say that Matt Ryan, the Falcons always, they're not all on the field on third downs. The guy had a 103, a 103 when he on third downs. A 103 pass rating on third downs and fourth, fourth downs, he was 155. On fourth downs in the fourth quarter, when people say that Matt Ryan sucks, he doesn't make plays. The dude was a one fifty-five in the fourth quarter. Okay, one fifty-five on fourth downs and fourth quarter one hundred three in fourth quarter and overtime a one hundred five point five. All of this in crunch time. So again, I want to see. If you guys can come on the show, we will allow you to come in and prove your point. Show me, show us, please show us where Matt Ryan sucks because I would love to see. I have seen every stat, and I'm sure Lowe has seen everything, every quarterback in any quarterback in any generation. We've all we've seen it all. Show me where this guy sucks, please show me. Hey man. hey man, at the end of the hey. day, people just gotta learn how to get that hate out of their heart. For some reason, people—I don't know if Matt Ryan looks like the guy that bullied him in high school or what. I don't know what it is, man. But people just don't like that man for some reason, man. They, they don't. I don't know what's they going on. Man. I don't know what's going on, man. Yeah, so I know somebody they put in a they put a comment um, asking. Uh, it, if if we think that it might be time to get another quarterback, what do you think, Mike? Um, I'm not a delusional fan um, when it comes down to build. I'm all team building a team first. Okay, yeah. understand that. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not one of these fans who just want to see one person shine. I want to see my team shine first. Exactly. And when it comes down to it. Um, I don't think the team is at a point where it needs to be like, first of all, I think a lot of people want to see a change because they just don't like what's going on right now. The team has to build like the, first of all, the team, what has to happen first is that you have to have a foundation for a young player. Yeah. And that foundation you have to have a coaching staff that are ready to groom these players first and foremost. You can't just draft guys, draft a quarterback. You don't have a system in place for him to succeed. 
our general manager is a poor general manager. Yeah. Thomas Dimitrov yeah. is not a good general manager, okay? Let's just be real. They have not been good at developing a run game, which is a, a, the second thing that you need for a young quarterback running game. And the third thing is you have to have a good coaching style for a good young quarterback. So yeah. you're trying to yeah. tell me with a quarterback like Matt Ryan because he's showing he he's showing he's regressing in his arm strength, which is true. Um, but when you say that we need to bring in a young quarterback and we don't have one, we have a poor front office. These guys can't develop the talent. Two, the coaching staff, we seen what Rick Carter said today, this bad coaching staff. You want to bring a, a young quarterback into this coaching staff? Like, Sorry for life. And yeah. Like, yeah. Like, like, sir, you don't have a running game. Those three things that you need for a young quarterback. You're going to you're gonna get a Michael Vick situation all over again. You bring a whoever in. You have to have a developed coaching staff for a young quarterback. Stop being emotional, Falcons fans. Man, I don't know. I don't know, man. What up, Smitty? But um, hey man, look, at the end of the day, it's like why you got a guy who's still <laughs> who's still serviceable. It's like, why would you go out and get another quarterback? Like you there's so many other things that we need. 95% exactly. of our secondary was was hurt on Monday. And, and you know, I mean, we can't get to the quarterback. So why would we get another quarterback? You don't you gonna put one quarterback on the field at one time. We're not the Saints. We don't <laughs> we don't play multiple <laughs> quarterbacks at one time. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> We're not the Saints. That's 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 true. This dude's trying to put three quarterbacks on the field at the same time. We're gonna put one oh, quarterback man. in at once, man. So it's like, you know, you you you're basically if you draft the quarterback at a high position. You're basically wasting that pick. You wasting it for a quarterback that you know might not play till two or three years down the road. Go ahead and get a game changer now. You know, I mean, yes, that, so. that makes sense. That that, that that it doesn't make sense to bring a, a young quarterback into a bad coaching staff like this. This coaching staff is just bad. Let's just be honest. Yeah. They got way too much talent. And they have no idea what to do with them. I'm not bringing in a young quarterback. When Matt Ryan got here, what people don't realize when Matt Ryan got here, Matt Ryan had a veteran head coach um, in, in Smitty, one. And two, he had a veteran offensive coordinator in Mike Malarkey who knew how to groom a young quarterback. We don't have an offensive coordinator who know how to groom a young quarterback. Dirk Carter got Matt Ryan when he was in his peak, when he was yeah. just peak. He didn't yeah. groom Matt Ryan. So when they all come down to it, man, it, it's, like I said, um, bringing a, a, a new quarterback, I, I, I just don't think that's with our organization. I, th I don't think that's smart. And oh, I, th I don't think a lot of people are, are like being intelligent when it comes down to it, man. We are not ready to groom a young quarterback, we're gonna we're gonna do more harm to that young quarterback than good, and that's just the facts. In three exactly. years, I say it's a good time to start. In two to three years, maybe two years, three years, you start looking for that quarterback. But like right now, 
we're not in the position to groom any young quarterback, and that's just being real, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because you know, it's one of those situations, man. It's like, why would you get a young quarterback and and, and put him on the field knowing that he has a defense that's giving up thirty points a game? Like, mm-hmm. dude, like that's a risk. That's a that's literally a recipe for a blowout. Because yeah, you're gonna have a quarterback who's gonna feel like he has to force things, get turnovers, and and then you know we can't stop nobody. So it's like you're gonna kill his whenever? confidence. You're gonna kill his confidence before he even get going. Exactly. He is not. He won't have hope. Exactly. He won't have hope. You see, Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan is trying to wheel his team into even having some type of hope. I hear throwing blocks and like he's playing. He's not playing his best game, and he doesn't look. Like he, uh, no one on that offense looked like they was they wanted to play outside of Matt Ryan and a couple of guys on the offensive line. Outside of that, like Todd Gurley, like they were the only guys that looked like that they, they wanted to play. So it's like you're going to kill one, you're not going to develop the young quarterback as a talent, and you're going to kill his. You're going to kill. It's like, um, what was the quarterback? <sighs> dang, 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 dang. So many quarterback, young quarterbacks have just played for young. Carson Palmer for one. Yeah. When he played yeah. for uh, Cincinnati, good young quarterback, big time arm. But those guys couldn't win a they couldn't win anything. They couldn't win anything. A poor team. Man, man, I'm going to tell, tell you something, man. Well, I think one uh recent example of that is is, is that young man Jameis Winston in Tampa Bay. Oh, Man, yeah. it is like it is like and your boy Sean Payton, a, 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 a head coach that's actually mm-hmm. applying himself over there. He's like, oh mm-hmm. man, so nobody wants this guy. I'm I'm just going to mm-hmm. keep him, let him build his confidence, and whenever Drew mm-hmm. Brees retires, who y'all think is going to be yeah. the quarterback? I for got the, it. For the New yeah. Saints. Exactly, that's exactly right. You're absolutely right about that. That's a Good. perfect example. James, he threw all those picks because they couldn't stop nobody. I mean, so he he felt like he had to force it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he didn't have he didn't have a running game. He had a poor offensive line. Like that's what I mean. Like that's how you kill young quarterbacks. And we think just a, a young quarterback is just going to come in because he can throw the ball well. He has you know he can scramble around, but like even Michael Vick when he was in his uh, his highlight, his twilight, his highlight, his career, his high point of his career. This dude was breaking ankles like the the Ravens broke his freaking leg. They broke his leg because he out there scrambling. So if Michael Vick can't run away, what you really think Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields are going to get away from these defenses? And these guys are getting bigger, faster, stronger. Michael Vick couldn't get away from these dudes. So you think yeah. Trevor Lawrence is going to do it? Like, like let's be real, people. Let's be real. It don't. It don't make no difference. If it ain't nobody block for you. At the end of the day, it ain't gonna make no difference. If it can't nobody block for you, yeah, man. Sid Falcon, what's going on, Sid Falcon? Thanks for joining. Thanks for joining the party tonight, man. What's up? What's good? What's good? We're just chilling out on a Friday night, man. It's raining. We're getting ready for this for this Panthers game Ooh. on Sunday. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Ah. Everybody want to talk about the Panthers game. Um, I'm, I'm gonna put my three keys. Um, two. We can do it now, or you can just. You know, nah, we can man, what you got? Tell me, tell me, I want to know what you thinking. Tell me what you got, man. 
Hey, man. Ooh. I'm going to just say this, man. Um, no Christian McCaffrey. Um, I know you got your boy Teddy Bridgewater there. <laughs> I know you got your boy Teddy Bridgewater, so it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a competitive game. That's that's something I do think it'll be a competitive game. Um, I think the Falcons have enough to outscore them, but I, I, it's gonna be a close game because. At this point, you the Falcons are getting um a couple they're getting Ricardo back, they're getting Neil as well as AJ. Um they're gonna have um Oliver. I'm Denard still out for a couple of more uh games. So so I, I think um even uh for he's coming back. I think he's gonna um there's some questions where he's gonna play um linebacker as well as safety, um, which is his um his first position. Yeah. Um, so yeah. It's, it's, I think the Falcons, uh, this is a perfect, a perfect team to get their first win because uh, both of these teams are struggling. I know they have a pretty good defensive line and Carolina Panthers, but one of the most underrated aspects and under uh, appreciated aspects of this Falcons team is this offensive line. Yeah. This offensive yeah. line has been golden. Yeah. Yeah. But we just had a poor offensive coordinator who just don't know how to set up plays in a running game. This is the reason why these guys aren't like the Falcons running game is 22nd in the league. And this is we're not running the ball as much as we should be. And they're 22nd in the league. That's a very good stat. Yeah. For yeah. a team. Like they're they're doing Todd Gurley was a Damn good pickup as well as Brian Hill. He's he's been playing well. So this offensive line is gonna play. I think that's the first key. The offensive line against the Carolina Panthers defensive line. The Falcons have to uh win that. Um I think AJ coming in, that's the second key to uh, uh key to victory. Um the cornerbacks have to win in this game. It's no if answer, yeah. but yeah. they can't they can't allow what we saw in Green Bay. Just like they look like an absolute mess. And um, the third one is just is coaching, man. We got to stop the dumb. Like we got to stop with the crap. Like y'all got to be, y'all, y'all have they have to be an asset to these players. And they've been putting these players in bad positions with their ignorant adjustment or lack thereof. So first offensive line, they have to win. The second one, um, the secondary, the cornerbacks, they have to win. And the third key to victory is the coaching. They have to be an asset to the players. They cannot continue to put these guys behind the eight ball. What you got on that? Man, I know you're gonna hate to hear this, Mike. I I, I know I know that you're gonna get mad at me, man. All right. Please, please don't get mad at me when I say this, Mike. Oh, man. We need we we need tact, man. Oh, we, Hey man, you need to. I'm, I'm not. You're right. You're right. You're right about that. You're I mean, right. it's like defensive line looks completely different whenever he doesn't play. Mm-hmm. I mean, we. I mean, we. I mean, you know, we we don't like him. He annoys us, but mm-hmm. 
I mean, when he does play this year, going back to that availability, when he does play, um, I mean, you know, he, he does pretty well, man. He does pretty well. I mean, we, we you know, we're definitely going to have to get some kind of pressure. It's like it's basically like they're using Miles Davis the same way they use Christian McCaffrey. So it's like mm-hmm. I hope everybody's not going into the game thinking, oh, they don't got Christian McCaffrey. You know, we should be good because, I mean, we've seen many times where we played against backup quarterbacks and backup running backs, and we mm-hmm. still got our dogs burnt off. So, you know, mm-hmm. I think it's one of those situations where, right. you, know, we, you know, we're going to have to – uh, you know, we, we're going to have to bring our lunch pails on defense. I think the fact that all these people are getting healthy again, um, mm-hmm. yeah, hopefully it could be one of those situations where we have a confidence booster. Um, and look, man, Ty, Ty Gurley, they're going to have to give Ty Gurley the ball, man. I know man. that. <sighs> I know the Panthers got a, Panthers got a good pass rush, but yeah. you know, just like I know, Mike, the best way to beat a pass rush is run at it. Just run the ball, right. Run so, right there. Yeah, man. It's like we we just gonna have to if we can do those things. It, it basically it, it's kind of like what I said whenever I was talking about uh, another game last week. I think I was talking about the Minnesota game, and it was like whenever whenever teams have trouble winning, coaches supposed to always go back to the fundamentals. Mm-hmm. So it's like you know let's let's not throw the ball fifty times. Let's just run the ball. Play some balanced offense and play good defense, and you you should have a chance to win the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. I know somebody said that the Panthers Panthers Nation is going off on us, man. You must be crazy. I don't know what you you must have started drinking early on Friday night. You think that's the case? Panthers <laughs> Nation, like. Okay, have you seen that team play? Like even Panthers fans, glad they got win. Like they, like all they saying to themselves, I got plenty of Panther uh, friend, uh, friends that are fans, and they like they praying like I don't know how the hell we can get one win. Like seriously, they 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 in the same boat as we right now. So I don't know where I don't know. I, I guess I guess I'm just this is this is what I'm saying. We get so carried away how. Poorly, the defense is playing. We just forget that this offense is like ranked eight in the league. Like we totally forget that this is a eight ranked offense in the league, a top ten offense. We totally after a bad have. game. After bad game, we're talking about after bad games, and they're still one of the top offenses in the league. So it's not so much what they can do on offense. We know what they can do. They they are doing that on offense. But this defense has just been absolutely atrocious. Man. You know, it's like we were saying whenever we was talking, Mike, everybody is like, Dan Quinn, he always, his excuse is always, um, his excuse is always that, um, man, people just got hurt. You know, we always have these injuries. It's like, look, man, you're still the coach. So it's like, it doesn't matter who's, who's on the field. Everybody's supposed to be knowing what to do. Jamal mm-hmm. Carter didn't exactly. know what to do. He had no clue night. what to do. No clue. He was he not didn't know what to do. The guy, he tackled the guy off the line of scrimmage. The guy does a front flip, gets up, catches the pass, and walks in the end zone. <laughs> what in the world, bro? 
Like, come on, man. I, yeah. That it's that good. guy was clearly was unprepared, and that's what a lot of coaches like. I follow Brian Baldinger on 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 Twitter, and he says immediately. He said it over and over. He actually it's to the point where he despises our our coaching staff. Like he he does he does like they're so poorly coached. It's not the talent, and if a guy who's a analyst from a player. He's saying these things that is not that like he's not even mad at the talent anymore. He's looking at like what are the concepts these guys are running? It's like why are you doing this and why are you doing that? If a player is saying this, if a former player is saying these types of things, it's no longer. This is why I have no issue. This is why I always say it's not on tech. You know, even though I give tech, he's give tech hell. It's more about him being available than anything. That's why I call him yeah. soft. I've never, yeah. I never said that Tack wasn't a good player. He's a great player. He's a great talent. But he needs to be available. The same the same thing I said about Ed Rogers, you're no good. You're no help to us if you're unavailable. So stop talking. All right? You have to be available. And this, is, this is the thing, like. Players, you can say Isaiah Oliver sucks. You can say whomever sucks. But these guys are not prepared well at all. I, sometimes I don't wonder why these guys are in cover too, and nobody is like nobody is even touching these guys. How are you playing the cover two and you're not chucking a guy? How are you not like how are you not touching a guy? You're playing cover two. What is this? Man, these are the things that I just don't get. And they're clearly, they're clearly being taught this. They're being yeah. taught this. Yeah, yeah. It's like out of all my out of all my seasons of being a Falcons fan, you know, since Fulton County Stadium, I think this one has been my most frustrating. It, it has. I say the same thing. Because it's like you know, if it's if it's a situation where it's like, oh well, you know, we just got to get some more pieces. We're not. We're just not that good right now. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, we'll get better. I mean, that's not the case, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like we were literally, we were literally, we were literally picking up the ball. We could just pick the ball up and won <sighs> one game. Like we could yeah. be one and three right now. Somebody just would have fell on the ball. I mean, that's tough, man. Hey, Ronnie May and Yazuki, thanks for checking us out. I really appreciate Ronnie. it. Ronnie, <laughs> I, I hold on, hold on, hold on. That's not the one. I, that, let me. I, I want to address this because where is it? Let me address this. This is another thing that really annoys me when people say this. Mm. What has Dante Fowler done? Like, oh my gosh. Mm. What you think about that, Mike? Let Let me. That's so. I'm a football fan first. Okay, I'm a football fan first. Many can say that, like, if I if I really apply myself, I could definitely be a coach. Mm. There's no, I, mm. like, I study every aspect of football. We're talking about to offensive line, you know, the footwork. Like, I, I'm watching everything. Is this guy? Does he? Does he use his his hips well? Like, I, I I get it down to a science. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is what I take my time out and and, and look at. And this is one of the things. Like we were just saying about 
having a, a team going back to the Atlanta Falcons team, that 98-99 team, Super Bowl team, these guys weren't like they weren't crazy athletes. They weren't big time athletes. Most of these guys have been in the league five years plus. Yeah. So they were experienced. That was an experienced team. And why am I saying all this? It's because there are things in the game that go unnoticed. The guys like Grady Jarrett get all of the, you know, the notoriety for it. And again, reason why I'm saying this is you go back into the Rams. And all everybody saw from that team was uh, Aaron Donald had 20-something, like 22 sacks. They didn't see Indominus Sue taking on them three, three blocks, two blocks, two blocks, three blocks, and getting chipped by a running back to mm -hmm. allow Aaron Donald to have the one-on-ones. And this yeah. is what Dante Fowler is doing. So when you don't see the sack numbers, and this is why you said even like the Falcons don't play well when you got when Tack is not Tack is not on the field. This is why. Why? It's because Dante Fowler is taking on two and three guys, and it leaves more one-on-one -on -one opportunities. You always need three linemen, three to four linemen on, on the defensive line to make it work, to make a pass rush work, to make a defensive line work. This is why you don't see Dante Fowler getting the sack numbers, getting pressure. Because he's getting double. Him and Gray Jared are getting double. They got two guys on them at all times. So it's not it's not necessarily that like he he sucks. He's doing the dirty work. He's taking on the tight end. He's taking on the running back. He's taking on the offensive lineman and a uh, and a center. It's so much to the game that you guys just don't pay attention to. It's not all about the the sacks, the not like the numbers. So much stuff to it, and I'm like. I probably boring the hell out of people like that, but real football fans know what I'm saying when I'm talking about this, this type of stuff. So that like I, that comment right there, what is he doing? That's what he's doing. He getting his damn shoulder rammed in by a tight end when when he's not looking. He's trying to you know go outside. He's trying to go inside, and a, a, a tight end comes and try to smash him. Like these are the things that you don't see during the game. When you actually go back and watch the film, it's like, okay, that's why he getting triple team, he getting double team. Like this is the reason why I get so upset when you when people say that you know, even you know guys like you know, um, Deion Sonata, like Deion Sonata has been playing well also. Like he's doing all the dirt work, allowing Grady Jarrett to do his thing. So that like that that's what really irritates me, man. Yeah, I, I definitely understand that. And then another thing too, Mike, a lot of people don't realize what that man has been doing in the run game. Yes, uh, absolutely. Man, like that man He's has been, been taking heads on the run game. I mean, it is such a it is such an improvement from from Vic Beasley because Vic Beasley mm -hmm. would always he always get kicked outside of his lane. But I've seen yes. multiple times whenever uh, Dante Fowler was you know he was playing his lane. Most of the time in that five technique or that seven technique, but I see him getting people in that three. I see him coming down in the three gap, getting people behind the the uh, the guards as well. So it's like, I mean, look, sometimes it's not always sexy, but you know, mm -hmm. it gets it gets the job done. Because I don't know if y'all have noticed, but our run defense has looked a whole it, lot better. This it year. really has. It is it really improved, and that goes to a guy like Dante Fowler. And it's like, but well, he's not getting sack numbers. It's like, 
Like one of my one of my favorite defensive linemen of all time. All right, we're talking about all time is Michael Strahan. Michael Strahan was not beautiful at all. That dude was not fast. He wasn't quick, but he was physical. He was intelligent and he was strong and he was fundamentally sound. Yes. He was a, and the dude got 20 sacks just being fundamentally sound and being exactly. strong. That's it. Exactly. He wasn't right, fast. Man. He wasn't like, you know, uh, uh, the white Freeney coming off the edge, screaming off the edge. He he was like um Reggie White with that Billy like with that arm, set you up with the arm and just throw you like this is this is like that's fundamentals, bro. That's fundamentals. Violent yeah. hands. Yeah, man. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And then I see that that Charles B. He said that. Uh, you know, it's not all about sacking the quarterback. You know, it's it's about mm-hmm. getting that pressure. Absolutely. Mike Smith he used to preach that all the time. He used to say, "Yeah, he did. Guys, It's not about just just sacking them; it's getting them off the spot." I, mm-hmm. Me myself, if I could, if I could get, if I could get a quarterback pressured, and he makes a throw that he didn't want to make, or exactly. you know, yeah. and he throws an interception, I'd rather take that than a sack any day. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, sack, you know, it's pretty and everything, but I want turnovers. I want fumbles. I want interceptions. Mm-hmm. You know, Absolutely. So, yeah, I, yeah, I definitely agree with you on that, Charles. Definitely do. What's going on, Sarge? What's up, Sarge? <laughs> What's good? <laughs> hey, man. And oh man, I, this, this is, this is, this is, this is why I say Lawrence Taylor is the greatest. Uh, pass rush of all time is because not only was he athletically gifted, but this dude could set up a pass rush like he like oh oh yeah. my god yeah. my yes. god like this he, he was strong he could go through offensive linemen he could go around them he invented the strip sack like this dude could oh. He was oh, a bad man. That, bad that man. dude was something special, man. That dude was I, like he, I, I don't know if you heard this, Mike, but you know they said that Lawrence Taylor built the high, built the hospital that he was born in. That's just how bad of a man he was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey man. <laughs> Hey man, that's a bad mother. Shut your mouth. I, that, that dude was look, man. He can take it if he want it. He can have it, man. I, I, that, that, Lawrence Taylor is my dude, man. <laughs> I love LT, man. Man, he was but a bad like, that, man. That dude was perfect, man. He was a bad man. You, you know that you're bad with like whenever, like people, whenever teams draft in the future, they try to draft somebody like you. That's what, that's whenever you know mm-hmm. that you yeah. can't. Yeah. Whenever they well, say, man, we're trying to find somebody like Lawrence Taylor, like that's whenever mm-hmm. you know that you changed the game. Mm-hmm. Changed the like that dude changed the game, man, and that's why I say it's like so many things. Um, as far as being a pass rusher, that goes into being a complete pass rusher. Like you got to be a complete defensive lineman, man. And I, I think a lot of people realize that, like the, the setting the edge and things. Like Lawrence Taylor was, he was setting. Let's talk about somebody. Uh, we ain't gonna talk about Lawrence Taylor no more, man. <laughs> that dude was perfection, okay? <laughs> perfection. 
man, they they try to run. They try to run away from his side. He's still run running. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a bad man. He was a bad man. Yeah, Terrence, it, I, you're right, man. Twenty-seven point eight. You know that's not good enough, man. But mm-hmm. but but if y'all, because I was I was actually doing some additional research today. So all these other teams that we played against so far, they pretty much put up thirty points in almost every game that they played against. So, mm. you know, and I don't know if I'm just being a hopeful fan, but mm, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, is it a, could it be a strength of schedule situation? Ah, yeah. I, I've actually heard a lot of people say, have people have said that when you look at Seattle, they're, they're still putting up numbers on everyone. Um, Dallas, they're putting up numbers. In fact, Dak almost had like a 500 yard game, it was like something like 400 yard passing. Yeah. Um, yeah, even the Bears, like the Bears, I mean, they gave um, it was a little bit of a low and score game, but that they, they like they putting up numbers, they beat you know, they, they beat Tampa Bay, and a lot of people said Tampa Bay is a Super Bowl contender. So, are this Falcons really are they really that bad? Like. That's that it could be a strength of schedule type of thing. So that's that's why I'm hoping it's like if the Falcons come out and really destroy Carolina, then that's why I say, man, I, I'm a I'm a guy that always says let's just wait and see what happens. If it, yeah. it, it continues to get worse, then we know for a fact that it's not just a, a strength of schedule thing. And these coaches are doing, you know, they they're doing their job, but I can't say it's the end of the world. Let's get rid of everybody. You know what I'm saying? After four games, four games. Yeah. yeah. Anything can change. They, they can go anything. And you said that. This is something that you preach. Yeah. 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 I mean, look, man, it's just the first quarter, man. So, I mean, it's one of those situations. Tampa Bay, they're, they're two and two. I mean, well, no, two and are they two and three now? Two uh, Tampa Bay. Uh, I think okay. so. I think two and three. Yeah, I think they're two, two and three, man. Could be two and two. Okay. It could be. I think they play on Monday. Yeah. So these guys are. No, they're three and two. Yeah, so Tampa Bay is three, three, three and two. All right. So this like yeah. this. This is very good. It's some very good teams, man. Yeah. Even the NFC is like in, in NFC, they're not these some very good teams, man. Honestly, these are some very good teams. So you might be right there. This could be a a, a schedule type of issue. Yeah, we still haven't played any divisional games yet. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you know, if we got an extra playoff spot, look, all we gotta do is get there. That's you it. Know, all we gotta do is get there. You know, if we get a win, hopefully that could kind of build confidence and, you know, make people stop second guessing themselves. And, you know, then we could play some ball. That's what I'm hoping. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What, I mean, mm-hmm. what you think? I think it's um, it's quite possible that the Falcons could, could easily win the next four games. And I don't mm. think people realize that. Like you're paying yeah. Carolina um, twice. That's two wins. If they like, if the Falcons are as good on offense that I believe they are, that's two wins right there. The Falcons are two and four. 
they can win at least three of the next four games, they're three and four. Just just think about that for a second. So before we go, you know, wanting to tear down the entire organization, let's wait to at least eight games. You know, at least wait to week seven and eight before we come down with that conclusion. Like it's gonna blow up everything. Like like I said, these guys can easily. It's not out of the conclusion that I've seen teams go zero and four in the first four games, and they make it to the playoffs and make a playoff run. The Baltimore, the Baltimore Ravens did it. Hell, the mm-hmm. Patriots did it. These guys were like, they start out like 0-2, 0-3, and they end up, um, I think the Patriots got in um, in a wild card. So they, they was like, they was like, yeah, in the beginning, like, um, I think they was, I think Pittsburgh, the number oh, one yeah. seed, I forget, oh, yeah. but they were the number one seed, but the Patriots got off to a bad start. And they end yeah. up making um the they may end up making the playoffs and they make it in as a wild card and they end up winning going to the Super Bowl as a wild card. So it's it's quite possible that you can turn around the season just like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. You know, at the end of the day, it's all about confidence. Like I I know I know a lot of Falcons fans, I know they keep up with these high school teams. And it's like mm-hmm. a lot of times, man, these kids they're going to the game thinking that they're going to lose or thinking that they're going to win. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's when they lose or that's when they win. <laughs> going into it. Yeah. Going into it. Mm-hmm. You know, it, you know mm-hmm. our, our team is like, you know, it's, it's, it's relatively young because, you know, I mean, we still got a lot of people on rookie deals and things like that. So it's like, I mean, I think, man, I think confidence is the biggest thing. How you whenever you see Isaiah Oliver with his head down walking back to the sideline, I mean, yeah, I mean that's just a confident yeah, situation, yeah. man. You know, mm-hmm. and and then you know these injuries, man. These, these injuries, is it, it? It's terrible that we have to win despite of coaching, opposed mm-hmm. to you know our coaches put us in the best situation to win. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 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 definitely something, man. Um. Good gracious. I don't know, man. You want to keep going? Um, because I like we can do our two point right now. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's cool with me, man. Hey, I'm just I'm just chilling out on Friday night, man. I- <laughs> hey man. Hey, uh, how do we overcome the injuries and evidence uh in the secondary? Um hello, you want to take that? Uh not make things so complicated. <laughs> hey, man. Coach players, coach players who are on who are on the bench. Everybody's supposed to know what they're supposed to do, man. Like, if look, like these guys are on the bench. They made it to the NFL for a reason. It's like Jamal yeah. Carter. I'm sure he's not a bum. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure. Yeah, 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 man. You know, but it's like he just didn't know what to do. And it's like, you know, they cut that man, but they cut him. Like, it wasn't that man's fault that they cut mm-hmm. him. That man you was know, not prepared. He, he wasn't had no prepared. idea what to do. They put him in a bad situation. Come to find out, it's like, they, they, Come to find out, he was a safety playing corner. Like they had that dude on the, on the island by himself. 
as a corner. That's why he's falling all over the place. He's not a he's not exactly. a corner. He doesn't have feet. That's coaching. He, he putting him out there. Out of position. Out of position. Playing out of position. And you cut him and now his career could possibly be over because you put him in a position to fail. Exactly. That's the tape that everybody has on. That's the tape what everybody has on. You put him in that position, coach, to fail. Man. That, see, that was a disservice to him, man. That was a disservice mm-hmm. to him. They said this, this coaches do it all the time. Coaches do that yeah. all the time. They put players in position to fail, and then they fail, and you can't see these. Like, like that. that's what everybody sees is that one play, that two plays that they gave up. But the coach put them in position, a terrible position to fail. Exactly. exactly. Man, it, it's going to be hard for him to recover from that, man. If I were him, I'd be really mad. I would be very mad. See, I didn't know that he was playing out of position. Now, what's mm-hmm. up with Dan Quinn making people play out of their position? Bro? Hey, man, he always talk. I, I don't know, man. He he did the same thing. And this is why um, I've gone on a lot of fact for saying that I'm a, a Vic Beasley supporter. Why do I say that? Vic Beasley, it, you know. Vic Beasley is a 3-4 outside linebacker. He's not a defensive end. Why do you have this guy playing defensive end? He cannot physically hold up to the demand of that position. He gets pushed around. He gets knocked around by these bigger offensive linemen and huge deep tight ends. Uh, Daniel, you know, Levine Tololo, this dude, Daniel, uh, off the tackle himself. Like these guys, these guys are huge. He can't hold up these guys. So you got him playing defensive against these 300 pound guys. You put him in a position to fail. And see, that's, that's the issue. That's the biggest thing. That's the biggest thing that I have. Like Dan Quinn, keep putting these guys in position to fail, man. And it makes them look bad. And it, 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 it like, it's the confidence. We talk about confidence. When you bring a, a young, a quarterback, in a position where the the off like the the coaches are are, are putting these pos, uh, players in position to fail, and you playing out of position, you kill his confidence. That's yeah. what they was doing yeah. with Vic Beasley. They were just killing his confidence. You got to put him in position. Like um, I don't know if you know Tony Dungy, what he used to do with Dwight Freeney and Robert Mathis. He wouldn't let those guys play. In position when they first got in, got in the league, all they did was rush the passer. That's it. He would not put these guys in position where they were going to fail. And that's the thing that that's the biggest issue that I have with Dan Quinn. He keep putting these guys in positions where they fail. Exactly. 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 Hey, hey, Falcons fans, hey, we want to thank y'all so much for joining us tonight, man. Mm-hmm. Thank y'all so much. Hey, mm-hmm. y'all make sure y'all subscribe to the channel, Atlanta Falcons Nation. My homeboy, Mad Mike. I'm Big mm-hmm. Low Country. Hey, Mike, I got a question for you. Whenever you were no. talking about <laughs> those coaches being put in the wrong situation, putting players in the wrong situation, let's let's just take this year out of the whole equation. So this year hasn't even happened yet, right? Mm-hmm. Who would you take, Mike Smith or Dan Quinn? Oof. Oof. That's that's a hard one. Um, 
Let me first start. Uh, I, I, I do a kind of pro-con type of situations um, with the both guys. What, what I like about Smitty is he – man, this is difficult. Both of those guys are similar in a lot of ways. I, I, I want to say that both of those guys um, – Smitty is a motivator in his own right. And Dan Quinn yeah. is a motivator yeah. in his own right. Both of guys are excellent motivators, and you want to play for these guys. Like you, anybody who you know who's ever played for Smitty loves Smitty. Yeah. The same yeah. thing with yeah. the same thing with Dan Quinn. You love Dan Quinn. What I don't like about them is that both of those guys, their ego is just incredible. Like it's 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 just it's sad that these guys just can't understand that their scheme doesn't work, and that's the similarities that I see. Um, that's the cons and the similar uh, the pros and the cons. The pros, both those guys are, are motivators, and I see why Arthur Blank were attracted to those guys. But the yeah. cons, yeah. and these guys are just their ego will not let them will not allow them to abandon their own scheme, and that's the issue with Dan Quinn and Mike Smith. This is why they not like. This is why you're saying that these guys are like. At the end of Smitty's career, the defense just got worse and worse. And the same thing with Dan Quinn. The defense got worse. They refused to abandon their scheme. Their scheme was flawed, and they did not want to. So that's what I see. Mm, yeah, yeah, you made some good points. I'm going to say Mike Smith because whenever he first came in, I like that he coached situationally. You know, Matt Ryan, he only threw passes what like twenty something times a game. Yeah. Um, yeah. The defense, I mean, well, the team overall was disciplined. You know, we blew leads, but the team was still disciplined. Um Yeah, that's that's yeah. You're right about that. So I'm gonna say Mike Smith, but the piggyback off of that question, who do you think is the greatest Atlanta Falcons coach in history? You want to be real? Yeah. You know, a lot of people ain't going to know who this guy is. Jerry Glanville. Mm. Jerry Glanville does not get a lot of credit. You're right. Let's do, You're right. Let's do, do your homework on Jerry Glanville and see the type of defenses that this guy has built. From that, the 70s to the 80s, 90s. This dude has had some tough-ass defenses. And we're talking right. about like, right. Jerry Glanville. We're talking about just go, like I said, don't take my word for it. Go look at the, the, the stats of his defenses. He the yeah. one who created yeah. the back in black culture. The one that we love so much right now, he created that. A yep. badass yeah. attitude. We're going to get after you. We're going to punish you. Glary, Jerry Glanville created that. That's, yeah. what we, that's, that's what we got there. We got that from him. That 77 grits blitz. Man. Come on. Come on. Man. Like this dude, like this dude did not get a lot of credit. He does not get a lot of credit. I know a lot of people saying, you know, Mike Smith, because of records. I don't look at record as 
you know what I'm saying? Like, that's more of a team accomplishment. And we're talking about motivated, but we're talking about coaching. Like, we're talking about coach. Jerry Manville didn't have the money. Like, the Smiths, you know this, the Smiths, them ranking into the, like, them dudes weren't going to spend no money. Oh no! He had uh, to do this. Like he had to. He had to do this every year from the draft, and this dude still had top defenses. Jared Cambridge was a damn good coach. He does not get a lot of credit. So I'm, I'm me personally, I'm gonna say Jared Glanville. I, you know I, what, man? It's like I think I agree with you. I think um, if NFL, if they would have free agency like they do now, um. You know, I I think it would have been, been a totally different situation. Um, you know, with salary caps and things like that, I definitely feel like uh, I feel like Jerry Glanville, it things would have been completely different. Because main the main reason I feel like that is because Jerry Glanville he was forward thinking, like yeah. he wasn't just yeah. mm-hmm. this is what I'm going to do. This is what I've always done. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's it. You know what I'm saying? What's going mm-hmm. on, Jew? What's going on? Jew, with you, bro? what's good? Do talk sports, <laughs> but yeah, man, yeah, I, I, I'm gonna say Jerry Glanville, and one of the main reasons I say that is because you know Prime Time said that Jerry is one of his most favorite coaches that he's That's ever it. played for. Yes, Prime said that a whole famer, <laughs> though. A whole famer. His, his culture, the culture that he created down here in Atlanta, um, it was so great that they they made a they made a whole special about it, talking about. Like, you know, yes. Yeah, man. So MC Hammer, yeah. Dion, like him and um even Dominique, all those guys were hanging out and because of what Jerry Jerry Glanville created that culture. Yeah, yeah. I I, I really wish he would have been around during this time period. Cause mm-hmm. man, just just imagine, man. Just I mean, Ooh. those old Falcons teams had so much swag, man. Yeah, so oh much. Oh my God, man! Oh my God, yes, they did, man. He allowed those guys to just so. I, I like I said, I they they a lot of people not gonna know who it is, but just do your research and see in the teams that he creates. Like another thing too, even with Jerry Glanville, he was like you said, forward thinking. Yeah, he, like he was one of the guys that like brought in the quote-unquote run-and-shoot offense that is like the run-and-shoot spread offense, he glamorized that. Yeah, He glamorized yeah. that. He brought that to fruition. Like, like what you're saying with um, Kansas City, uh, the Patriots, like the Falcons were one of those teams, like the Houston Oilers are also another team. All right? That's another team. Yeah. That yeah. and use that spread yeah. offense. Like Jerry Glanville was fourth. Like he was running that the, the, the offense that we see now with Kansas City was just speed and athletes. The Falcons were doing that. Long time ago. Long time ago. A long yeah. time ago. So Jerry Glanville was ahead of his time, man. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. Definitely. That's why it's like I really wish we could have seen what he could have done now. Like with all these athletes and everything, I oh, mean, my gosh, Woo. just imagine that, man. Just imagine that. Just imagine Jerry Glanville with Julio and Matt Ryan. Imagine that oh, combination. And he, oh, one thing too about Jerry, man, that dude could talk some crap. That man <laughs> loved to talk junk, man. 
He loved to talk junk, man. He loved it. And see, that's the Atlanta coaches that we miss. And yeah. a lot of people don't understand why we miss that, where it came from, where it originated. It originated from Jerry Glanfield. He changed the culture. Yeah. He changed the yeah. culture. He created what we love today. We want to see tough guys. We want to see fast and physical, speedy offenses. Like that, this is what he he was doing that. He was he doing been, that. Yeah, he been doing it. <laughs> I think the difference that. between I think the difference between Dan Quinn, Dan Quinn's fast and physical, and Jerry Glanville's fast and physical is that Dan Quinn's fast and like those guys are fast that you know they'll be physical mm-hmm. until they get hurt. But, <laughs> yeah. but they're they not that hurt. big, man. They're not that yeah. big. But Jerry Glanville's guys, man, those guys. Those guys played fast and physical. They might not be the they might not be the fastest guys, but they played fast. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I don't know if that makes sense to y'all, but yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they were big. I mean, they played nasty. They played to the whistle blew. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, it, it wasn't no situation where it was like somebody got picked up and thrown around and nobody met, you know, and nobody done anything. Man, that would have happened to Jerry Glanville's Falcons. Hey, we would have had a man. Hey, man. Hey, that look, Jerry Grant wouldn't put up with that mess, man. <laughs> he would no. not put up that. That they would not put up with that mess. Wait, we saying right now? Oh, oh, no, no, no. This would not would be man. man. I know everybody talk about everybody because somebody said in the comments earlier that you know Jerry Van, Jerry Glanville got rid of Brett Farr, but y'all gotta understand, man. man Brett yeah. Farr couldn't have made it in Atlanta. There were too many yeah. things going on it's in Atlanta. Much, yeah, oh. y'all don't like what I'm saying, bro. Like it was party central, man. It was like little LA. It was little LA back in the day, man. Like uh, every every corner. I mean, they just call him okay, Brett because he was out there drinking and smoking and doing drugs every night. Every Brett night. Farr would tell you that. Brett every Farr would night. Tell you that. Every night, I've heard I heard stories of Brett Favre being that freak Nick himself. And freak Nick, and freak Nick, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've heard stories of Brett Favre being that freak Nick. So why do you think he sent him to a, a small country town so he can get off off drugs and alcohol and all? That's why they did it. They were trying yep. to help Brett. Yep. They weren't trying to. They, they were trying to save his life. That what Deion That's Sanders did. They were trying to save his life. This dude was doing all types of stuff. <laughs> now, we just get rid of him just to get rid of him. I'm trying to save that man's life, though. Man, I know it, man. I know it. I know it. But, yeah, man. Yeah, so so I tell you what, Falcons fans, um, mm-hmm. y'all give us y'all prediction on who y'all think is going to win and give us some give us some scores. And then, you know, whenever y'all come and check us out on Heavy Hitters or ATL. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If y'all are right or wrong. Every Tuesday and Wednesday, back to back. All right. Back to back. Like Drake back said, back to back, 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 man. All right. Back to back. That's what we do. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you want to go to your two point conversion, Mike? Oh, man. Uh, the two point conversion. What do I have? What do I have? Hey, man. Um, um, I'll say this. Uh, this is more of, you know, just being. 
I just want to reiterate this point because I don't think a lot of people understand this point, man. Um, what we do here at Atlanta Falcons Nation, we all about positivity. I mean, we all have our vices and whatnot. You know what I'm saying? I'm a hothead at time, and I, I sometimes I need to be controlled. Like I'm not going front. That's what makes me me. All right. But when it comes down to it, we all about positivity. We're not trying to quote unquote know it all and be smart asses. When we're wrong, we're gonna be wrong and we're gonna be like we're gonna be men, we're gonna be women, and we're gonna say what well, guess what? Whoever's in in the company, let's just say Anthony Wright. You know what I'm saying? Anthony Wright was right about what we said. We was wrong, you know what I'm saying? Like Pre-bound, whatever he said, you know what I'm saying? He, if he said something, we disagree, we're going to come back. We're going to shout you guys out. We're going to make sure that what you said is highlighted on our channel. We're not going to run away from controversy and try to act like a lot of people, you know, like they, they know it all. I don't know it all, bro. But what we do here is all about positivity. And why am I saying this? Because... Uh, a lot of people have an issue with me saying, you know, I stand by Dan Quinn. Why would I want Dan Quinn to fail? If you're a fan, I still want my team to win. I want this. I don't want him to be fired. I really don't. I still think he is a good coach, but he got it like this. It's a learning process. And anybody who's a leader, who's a father, they understand it's a learning process. You're going to make mistakes. So I want Dan Quinn to get this right. I want him to get it right. I want to win. I don't know about you. I don't want to be sitting at number one picks and number top fives for the next five to ten years. That's no fun. Well, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see grooming another quarterback that possibly not be like, that's not going to be enough. We know it's not going to be another Michael Vick. We know it's not going to be another Julio Jones and Matt Ryan. These guys are generational type talents. They don't come along easily. So me saying I support quote unquote Big Beasley, Dan Quinn, even when he's not performing well, I just want to see the team do well, man. And if me, you know, going on Twitter, you know, giving this guy a shout out, like we still standing by, keep 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 going at it, Dan Quinn. So be it. I just have to take that. But this is what we do here at Atlanta Falcons Nation, man. We about we about to supporting our team, supporting you guys, and supporting each other. That's what we about. So if that makes you angry, maybe this ain't the channel for you. You can go check out somebody else. You know what I'm saying? It's a, it's a lot of guys who do Atlanta Falcons content. You know, content. You guys can go check them out. Ain't no love lost here. But what we do here, man, is about uplifting and and. and and, and and helping each other, man. So, um, Lo, what you got, man? Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I definitely yeah, agree with you. I, I, I did want to ask you a question, Mike. I did want to ask you mm -hmm. a question. So, because I know you support Dan <laughs> Quinn and you want to see Dan Quinn, well, you want to see the Falcons do well. So, mm -hmm. let's say let's say these last twelve games, Dan Quinn completely turns it around. We make a deep playoff run. Would you want to keep Dan Quinn?
Yes. But there has to be some changes within uh, the general manager. I don't think Thomas, for, for, for whatever reason, for me, I feel like he has a, a huge hand on what's going on. And not only on the offensive side of the ball, but the defensive side of the ball. Something just doesn't smell right with Thomas Dimitrov because we're having these same exact issues with Mike Smith with Dan Quinn on the defensive side of the ball. So I would like I, I would if he turns it around, I would bring back Dan Quinn. But I'm getting rid of Thomas Dimitrov as fast as I can snap my damn fingers. Let he have to go. Because if when there is a constant Issue defense sucking, you gotta look at the general manager because we've changed his coaches and we still have the exact same issue. So I'm getting rid of Thomas Dimitrov. I'm I'm like I'm getting rid of him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Man, I don't know. I believe My thing is, why do we have to wait until we until we show up? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. we're not gonna. If they do turn it around, it's like we're not gonna. That doesn't mean that they have the they have the they have the luxury of doing that every year. Um, I think I think the reason why. We have all of these these slow these slow starts. I believe it starts up top. Uh, if he do turn around at the end of the season, I believe that's even more of a reason why Dan Quinn should go because that means that the talent is there. You know, it's, yeah, it's that leadership, man. Yeah, so I yeah I think yeah I think yeah I think he he would have to go regardless. In my book. Unless he wins the Super Bowl. If he wins the Super Bowl, you know everybody gets it. <laughs> right. Yeah, everybody, everybody says when you win the Super Bowl. Like, yeah, you can say you cool now. <laughs> yeah, man. But, yeah, yeah man. But I my, think you're right on that. Yeah. I yeah. think you're right on that. It, it needs a, a coach. The coach just has to change. You can't be saying yeah. this every single year. You know what I'm saying? Can we finally like, – we keep starting off slow every single year like that's the problem with the coaching that's obviously a coaching issue a leadership issue so like even if he made a deep program run i i think also blank would end up pulling the trigger getting rid of him yeah because it's yeah. a constant like i said it's a constant that's why i say you got to get rid of thomas dimitrov because it's a constant issue even when we change coaches and head coaches it's the same issue so we got to get rid of both if it continues, yeah. if we end up making a run, both still have to go. And you're right about yeah. that. Both will have to go. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm thinking, man. That's what I'm thinking. <sighs> I mean, my two point conversion. Look, man, I just want to let all the Falcons fans out there know. Um, reason me and Mike came on today is you know we was just thinking about y'all. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. You know, we just want. We just wanted to, you know, just bring y'all some content, get everybody ready for the weekend, get everybody ready for Sunday. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully we rise up. 
Hopefully mm-hmm. the team rises up. If the team don't rise up, <laughs> we'll be rising up. Hey, we'll be rising up. We will be. <laughs> Got that right. But you know, I I mean for my two points, I just want to let everybody know, man. You know, we we definitely appreciate everybody who watches. Uh, we appreciate everybody who subscribed and everybody who is getting ready to subscribe in just a few yes, seconds. Yes, sir. Um, hit that subscribe button, man. Support y'all us. make sure you hit that subscribe button and check us out. This is Atlanta Falcons Nation. Um, check uh, my homeboy Mike out on Tuesday nights. Uh, him, Do Talk Sports, and K Styles, the heavy hitters. Check me and my homeboy um, Antonio, aka the Stat God. And um, you know, y'all can check me out on Twitter and Instagram and my YouTube page. I'm Big Low Country. Look, y'all, I'm sorry, I'm from the country, so I spell hey, it K U N T R Y. Hey man, hey man, ain't nothing like being in from the country, man. <laughs> but hey, man, you know. We really appreciate y'all chilling out with us tonight. And um, look, man, y'all check us out. Hopefully, uh, Mike, we going to try to come on after the game on Sunday? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. We definitely going to try to do that. We try to not miss any game after every game for the most part, man. Definitely. Definitely, <laughs> man. So, you know, we're going to be here to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. The question is, which one is going to be the most, good, bad, or Ooh. ugly? That's the- <laughs> Woo! I don't know. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. <laughs> we'll see. All right, man. Well, y'all be easy. Rise up. A time down. Absolutely.